This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And good morning. You're on Dirt Radio with Colin. Dirt Radio is a show presented by Friends of the Earth. And today we're going to speak about street art and activism with a Melbourne artist. And we will follow by a debrief about the peace convergence at Canberra for Anzac Day. So here in the studio, I have a special guest, Tom Sewell, a famous street artist in Melbourne. You maybe know the Cecil Street Community Garden or the Dightfall Mural along the Yarra River or surely the Thwissier Studio Walls. But Tom is also engaged in environmental protection and social justice through his heart. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, Colin. Yeah, great to be here at 3CR and Studios. Yeah. Again, you've been here a couple of times, isn't it? Yeah, I, I worked at 3CR uh, doing graphic design for the um, station, doing posters and stickers and T-shirts for, you know, the years, for about eight years, actually, I think, on and off. Yeah. Oh, so, okay, so you're regular here. I was, yeah, yeah, I was involved in different parts of the station and then ended up with doing the mural as well on the outside of the station, yeah. So what brought you into street art? Oh, I was a long winding path into street art in a way. It was a gradual um, uh, path when I was, oh, I suppose I start. I studied environmental science back in Newcastle in the late 90s, actually, and started getting into a bit of environmental activism and doing some basic stencils with some friends, as you know, tentatively, ner- nervously, and then came to Sid. Um, sorry, moved to Melbourne in I think end of uh, beginning of 2002, and um, around that stage there was a lot of political protests, sort of street art, and um, this whole stencil scene was starting to take off and. I was getting into independent media and designing and and then I just sort of got sucked into doing um, uh, stencil art and random sort of political street art around that time for years and sort of morphed over the years, yeah. And so you start with stencil and uh, now which support do you like the best and what material do you use normally? I love experimenting with all sorts of material, you know, styles and stuff, but I'm really into murals at the moment. I suppose it's also sort of become my job in a way. I I paint murals um, around town for different organisations and and individuals and all sorts of things, you know, nowadays. And um, I really enjoy the side of working with people, um, you know, whether it's a kindergarten or a a medical place or a council or, you know, an organisation or community group or whatever, as, as well as just all sorts of random other walls. But there's something addictive about doing large-scale murals um, in this city because there's so much of it and it's always a big challenge, you know. Um, but I also st- I've been getting a lot into printmaking and doing etchings and woodcuts and linos and drawing and my own kind of painting as well, which is a bit separate, but, you know... Yeah, I doing a lot of things. So, for regarding printing, for mm. example, you do your your own pattern, or you 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 design everything yourself. Yeah, I I think it all starts from drawing, basically, um, just with a pencil and a bit of paper, and just sketching out ideas and stories, and um, 
just through different things that have happened over the years, you sort of different motifs and symbology and a lot of it's quite personal and, and things that develop um, sort of turn into larger stories. And I suppose I, I tried to get more confident at just telling stories and not <clears throat> getting too concerned with the technical aspects. I th- think that's the most important part of art is storytelling. Um, but then getting fascinated by technical stuff too. I love all trying to push myself to learn new techniques like etching yeah. and um, different what's, kinds of printing. What's etching? Uh, etching is basically scratching into metal or perspex plastic and um, rubbing ink into the grooves and then yeah. using a heavy press, which I use the Australian Print Workshop up on Gertrude Street, Yes, which you can rent for $30 a day for anyone <laughs> interested. Uh, they've been around for about as long as 3CR up there. And, um, uh, yeah, I you use a heavy press and sort of damp paper and it squishes the ink out of the grooves into the thing. That's the into the paper. And so, and everything is special, and every uh, yeah. every print must be really, uh, really unique. Yeah, actually. it is quite unique. I mean, the master printmakers, as they call them, you know, they can really try and get them all really similar, exactly the result they want. But a part of the learning process is trying to get to that stage, but also playing with different techniques. And I just love the quality of uh, etching. And I use a power tool like a Dremel on a perspex. I just discovered this technique, so it looks a little bit like tattoo or a bit of a yeah, dodgy tattoo line, which I really <laughs> like, but you can still do really complex drawings. Um, so, yeah, I've just been pushing that technique and I suppose that influences other sides of my art as well. But So uh, I said mm. before that you were also involved in activism mm. with plenty of different groups. Mm. Like uh, how do you support uh, campaign and activist groups mm. with your work? Um, uh, it's different ways. I suppose I have a few personal connections and stuff with different groups that I've worked with. Over the, I suppose places like Friends of the Earth and yes. 3CR and um, a few Indigenous um, groups as well. I've um, just through over the years working as a graphic designer and stuff had connections. So sometimes people will get in touch with me to do posters and stuff. And other times it's issues that just I feel passionately about um, and want to get involved in and with like the forced closure of the um, Aboriginal communities in Western Australia. I've got a connection up in the Kimberleys and I feel like I want to do something about it. So I yeah. try and think of just sometimes I'll just make my own poster or talk to some people and try and collaborate and um, just put it up online or print it out and at a protest or whatever. Um, yeah, but I also really enjoy trying to bring other uh, creative people and um, designers and artists into political campaigns as much as they can and sort of mixing the worlds of artists and activists. I think it's a challenge for both groups of people and trying to just encourage that it's all right for artists to have a political view and get involved and you can really see that with different issues such as I just saw the um, that Real Australians, uh, uh, was it Real Australians... Welcome Refugees. Yes, yeah, uh, like, the, the big poster. The big poster, a bit yeah. The city, and then there's been this sort of hashtag uh, thing about it with other artists doing it, and there's been thousands of contributions. And, you know, so there's a lot of people who really want to engage in politics, and it's just sort of about help finding these ways for people to get involved, I think, as artists and stuff. So, so like, you, you, you got the idea, and you're trying to get in touch with the groups. It's not much like the groups are coming to you. Mm. Like, you you, mm. you really need, and you, you want to bring support to people. Uh, yeah, I, and also, I believe, I mean, a few people have said to me over the years, too, I, re- I do believe about not always creating something new, about connecting with organisations that already exist um, and building on what they have. I think that's a really important thing with somewhere like Friends of the Earth that's been going for 40 years. 
as opposed to trying to start your own new group, why not join a group that's already existing and try and help them with their visuals and their aesthetic and creating, adding to that history. And you, and that creates a lot of weight to your art, weight to what you're doing. And I think that's a really rewarding process, even just volunteering and doing stuff or, you know, working for cheap rates or, you know, or not that you have to always do that, but having a range of places, ways that you work is really good. And I just think there's a lot of power to working with organizations that have been around for a while that yeah. you're into. And yeah. that's, that's really important because me, I had like a normal classic mm. grand mm. activist. Mm. Uh, I don't really have like all this knowledge mm. you guys got in like street art or be able like to mm. design a really cool poster. Mm. So it's awesome to have, uh, to, to have support and people like you mm. just coming to us mm. to, to help. Yeah, I think it can be um, really great. Like doing the, I did the recent Friends of the Earth poster actually that's just been sent out, um, and it was a really fun challenge because I did the whole thing hand drawn and yes. a really loose kind of hand drawn sort of scene. I just sort of tried to represent that, ah, uh, you know, slightly dodgy punk history of like people trying to make do with what they've got essentially and you know sometimes that is spray paint on a bit of fabric and a banner at a protest you know going back through the time and trying to represent that handmade feel yeah and, and if you if you want to see this uh, this poster you mm. can find it in a newsletter in the last newsletter mm. of friends of the earth yeah. so don't hesitate just like next time you pop at friends of the earth uh, just ask for the newsletter and uh, have a look at the uh, at tom's tom's work <laughs> what's the what's your future project Future projects. Well, I've been applying for lots of different uh, jobs and stuff. I'm, I'm actually, uh, I want to get stuck into my printmaking and finish some stories I've been working on there and maybe trying to organise a few little exhibitions. Um, I'm actually going up to Warman, an Aboriginal community in the East Kimberleys in July for three weeks to do a public art project, which I'm really excited about um, and to see what comes out there. Um, Would that be like a mural? I think also? murals, but it doesn't have to be. It's sort of the okay. idea is it's going to be community-led, sort of, well, collaborated. Yeah. So possibly that will be um, really exciting to see what comes out of that, actually. It's a little bit unknown at this stage, so stay tuned on that one. <laughs> but, yeah. So, so how, do we, how do we stay tuned with your work and how we follow you? Well, basically, I've got a website, tomcivil.com, yes. C-I-V-I-L, and I have... I'm on Facebook and also Instagram, which, you know, it's fun using all these things to get information out there. And it's just another way of, you know, your artworks having another life. And also um, occasionally through Breakdown Press, which is a small publishing thing that I run with my partner, which is on and off. Yeah. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and, uh, so, and you responsible for these really cool little characters? Just <laughs> yeah. like we can see uh, in your mural and sometimes uh, yeah. around the city. So don't hesitate, guys. Uh, yeah. Go on like tomsevil.com mm -hmm. to mm. check out your work and also uh, to look around the city mm -hmm. and to discover all the beautiful mu mural. So thank you very much, Tom. You stay around for... Yeah. To yeah. the end of the show, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I will. Perfect. I will. But thanks for having me in here. It's great talking about all these stuff. Cheers, though. That was Tom Civil, a famous Melbourne street artist, engaged in activism with a group like Friends of the Earth. He painted so many murals around the city and is making beautiful prints and posters. And you can find him on TomCivil.com. You on Dirt Radio, a show presented by Friends of the Earth. And now I'm going to play a community announcement. And... Uh, I'm back straight after, so stay tuned on Swissier Community Radio. Five, four, three, two, one. 
101. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Friends of the Earth's Radioactive Exposure Tour is on again. Expose yourself to the realities of radioactive racism and the environmental and social impacts of uranium mining, radioactive waste and nuclear expansion. From Saturday 27th of June to Wednesday 8th of July, you can experience desert camping and vegetarian cooking while travelling through the beautiful landscape of Australia. For more information and registration, go to radioactivetour.com. Friends of the Earth is a supporter of 3CR Community Radio. We got the alternative energy. Right. And you're on Dirt Radio with Colin and Tom Sivon. So everyone have heard about Anzac Day and the sacrifice of thousands of Australians' family to fight and lose a battle so far away in Turkey in 1915. But what about the recognition of the First Nation soldiers who fight along white Australians and far before against an invasion force who came from the sea? Still nothing. Australian government does not want to recognize the courage in battle and let them fully celebrate death. So Sam Castro was last week at the 10th Embassy and in Canberra, where a peace convergence took place for another year. Hi, Sam. How are you doing? Hi, Colin. Hi, Tom. I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't be in the studio today. I got back very late last night from Canberra and I'm a wee bit exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're a little bit part of the, you're part mm. of the show anyway. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> yeah. could, so could you tell us uh, how the convergence looked like this year? Oh, well, the the 10 Embassy is so beautiful. Um, there's something so special about when you walk onto that ground. You really feel it. Uh, you know, in a very drab, soulless city, there is this living, breathing uh, culture going on uh, and still resisting. So I was so happy when I got there and I saw it, the 10 Embassy has expanded since last year. There were two three, sorry, very massive marquees that were, you know, uh, sheltering people out of the rain and have been turned into amazing living spaces. Uh, there were lots of new faces that had come after they'd watched uh, the documentary that David Bradbury made about last year, Waging Peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, so plenty of new faces and um, and lots more of uh, different mobs that had come from across the country. There were elders there from the central desert up near Pine Gap uh, it, and people from elders from Queensland and, and New South Wales, and uh, it, it was really quite amazing. So, so First Nation uh, it, people, sorry, uh, like so, First Nation mm-hmm. people came uh, from all around Australia. Uh, what was the main demand? Well, we weren't there to demand anything. The Peace Convergence was a week long uh, storytelling event. Uh, around the frontier wars, the the wars that took place with the brutal occupation of Australia. Uh, so there was a lot of storytelling uh, from different uh, experts and, and elders around the stories of massacres that took place, you know, just straight-out murder and genocide. Uh, and there was also lots of tales of extraordinary compassion and bravery as uh, nations fought back 
to resist the colonization and and a very big reminder that they did resist and many died and they never ceded their sovereignty to this land, the land that we were sitting on right outside the old colonial parliament. Uh, so uh, it was really a coming together. Uh, we did a day of action uh, sort of to uh, warm everybody up to the idea of why we were there and what goes on in Canberra. Yes. So we went to the US Embassy and the Israeli Embassy. Uh, then we went to some arms manufacturers, Lockheed Martin, uh, that the government is you know, spending $24 billion on buying a lemon aeroplane while they're shutting down WA communities. Uh, and then we went to BAE. Now, BAE, British uh, Aerospace Engineering, made the uh, components of the weapons that were sold to the Turks that killed soldiers at Gallipoli. Uh, so we we went with two elders, um, an elder from, from out in the central desert and an elder from up around Byron area. And they led the way at every action that we did. And really it was just a warm-up. Uh, and I guess we came back from doing that and I spent the afternoon helping prepare the signs for the commemoration march. And that's what it was. It wasn't a protest. Uh, we did exactly what we did last year, which was we stood behind the elders and the representatives of the First Nations to march in honour of those who sacrificed their lives defending this country. And so I spent the afternoon reading all of the massacres, because these signs held all of the massacres and the commemoration of those massacres. Whoa. And mm. sign after sign that I glued on said things like 230 children and women forced to jump to their deaths, 300 people butchered at a corroboree. I mean, it just went on and on. It was mm. the most sobering thing for me to be standing amongst these extraordinary people that have resisted and it's freezing in winter up there at the 10 embassy, you know, and still they stay and resist uh, this extractive colonial brutality and, um, and they smile and they welcome and it was joyful and yet every, every sign that I glued on um, just cracked my heart. So... Um, I want to make that really clear to the listeners. We did not um, protest. We did what we did last year and what they've been doing. This was the fifth year, and that is to join the end of the Anzac March as the Aboriginal First Nations contingent for those that died in the frontier wars and to honour those soldiers that fought and died in colonial wars when they weren't even recognised as human beings. Yes. Um, so it was a very solemn, respectful occasion. Uh, and what we were met with was actually a perfect example of the ongoing racism and war against the First Nations in this country. Uh, the discrimination. We had leading our, um, our contingent of the march, um, an elder named Fred, who is a um, he was a, a submarine mariner. He was a ex Navy. He served his country, uh, yes. and his great grandfather, I think, even died in Gallipoli, uh, and his ancestors died resisting the empire. Uh, so they led our contingent, and uh, instead of continuing into the war memorial with all the other contingents. Uh, we were repeatedly told by AFP officers, 
this is not about you, this is not your day, sorry, mate, you're not going through, you don't have permission. Is it is it like the what we can see on the, the video? It's just like going crazy around the web? Um, well, that was that was probably a five minute component of us stretching out across the entire Anzac um, Avenue. I mean, you know, if if we had gone there to protest, we would have simply kettled the police and the crowd. Yes. There was so many of us stretched in this beautiful single line blocking uh, the entire. Uh, road, you know, but we, if we wanted to go forward, we could have gone forward, but we went there to commemorate. And uh, then when the elders um, started doing their talking sticks and speaking to the thousands of people that had come back to the other side of the police line to find out why we were being blocked yeah. from marching, um, one particular AFP officer who I can only describe as a racist a complete racist, um, started threatening to arrest Uncle Vince, an elder, for speaking out. And he was simply talking um, about, about why he was there and that 500 million uh, First Nations people had been murdered in those frontier wars. Uh, and then it it just yeah the video that you saw i'm i'm assuming you're talking about the officer with the taser yes yeah well um he came over and he said to uncle vince you need to be quiet or i'm going to arrest you for breach of the peace you're being disrespectful oh and uncle vince said don't tell me to be quiet this is my country and the police officer said it's my country too and uncle vince said No, it's not. Where's your treaty? Show me your paper. You've made no treaty with me. This is not your country. And then the officer made several really racist remarks and then he completely lost the plot and tried to arrest Uncle Vince. And, of course, we all protected him and moved him behind the line. And, um, you know, he pulled out his taser. I was standing right really? behind Uncle Vince. He tried to taser Uncle Vince and then he tried to taser another elder who stepped forward and then they refused to let the two Aboriginal veterans with us through to march. And in the end, um, Uncle Fred, uh, who is, is the ex-Navy uh, veteran, he had to be escorted like a threat all the way up so that he could lay a wreath for his fallen comrades and for his ancestors. Um, so, you know, I see this as blatant racism. No one will claim responsibility, not the War Memorial, not the RSL. No one will tell the Tent Embassy and the First Nations representatives who gave the order to prevent an Aboriginal veteran from entering the War Memorial on Anzac Day. Yeah. Are you uh, going so back? Is, Are you going back oh, next yes. year? Of course, yeah. of course, and I and I strongly urge everybody to come and stand with the First Nations uh, in this process of marching and commemorating. How um, could we? How could we see? Uh, are we running a little bit out of time? Sorry, Sam. It's why I have to I have no to cut you. Uh, wh where could we see a bit more information about what happened there? And uh, is it any like Facebook page or website? Look, if you go to um, either the Australian Tent Embassy's Facebook yep. page. 
or and actually Tom did the artwork that is their profile picture of the coat of arms but in black with a is it a lightning strike coming down yeah it's a lightning bolt coming down and um, yeah. starting a fire which is meant to represent aboriginal law worked on that with Robbie yeah. Thorpe yeah yeah it's really beautiful uh, great job yeah, uh, so they can go to that facebook page or they can go to WACA whistleblowers activist citizens alliance page we were live tweeting and Facebooking, and of course uh, the video that we put up has reached over 50,000 people over, you know, it's it's just gone everywhere, which is great. Uh, right. And so much, support, so much support coming in for the elders. And we'll talk about it as, as it comes up again next year, of course. Thank you very much, Sam, for all this information. That was really interesting and very, very, pretty deep, isn't it? Like, mm. Thank you. Thank you again, mm. and, uh, and see you soon. See you soon. See you soon. Bye, Tom. See you, Sam. And so you were on Dirt Radio and you were listening Sam Castro, who participated to the Peace Convergence at Canberra in a tent embassy for the recognition of the First Nation genocide. And uh, now we got a uh, couple more minutes. Uh, I would like to make an announcement. Have you heard, Tom, about uh, Friends of the Earth's birthday? It's coming mm. up. Are you coming? Uh, yeah, I hope so. I've been in the past. There have always been great parties. Yeah. Nice. So like yeah. 40 years old, Friends wow. of the Earth in Melbourne. Amazing. On the 8th of May, we're going to have like May. a big party at the Oz Circus Tent. So on Johnston Street. So you can get all your tickets at uh, Friends of the Earth uh, at the Food Corp at the 312 Smith Street in Collingwood. That's gonna mm. have like so so many crazy bands, and mm. we're gonna have like a, a that's gonna be a great mm. opportunity to yeah. chat with everyone. The Spiegel Tent, such a beautiful venue too. Yeah, yeah I've never been yeah, there. I'm really great. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, so you on Dirt Radio, and now I had a really special song that I would like to play, and I think is really related for what we've heard regarding the peace convergence and the frontier war. 